So Justin Trudeau enacted the Emergencies Act, and then he unenacted it right away. You are now tuned into Leak Spec. I enjoy politics. I've been watching for a while, but recently in the debate in the House of Commons and the Senate, I've been watching after this inaction of the, uh, I should say, after this invoking of this emergency act. Uh, I've been disturbed by what our political leaders are showing in terms of their knowledge and understanding of current events. I want to play for us a video from a member of the New Dictator Party in Churchill, I think is her writing up north here. Uh, Nikki Ashton, one of those legacy politicians you know basically saying she got that job because her father was also a politician and people vote for the name over probably the content because that's what they recognize anyways michael lee pull up this video of her talk in the house of commons an internationally funded politically organized far-right attack on our democracy threats and intimidation directed at our citizens is we have a choice as a country between a path of a far-right driven agenda and not everyone who is part of what is happening is a right-wing extremist but far too many are let's be clear what is happening is being driven by the same far-right agenda that led to the attack on the capitol building in the u.s that was fomented by donald trump the same far-right agenda that has been raising its ugly head in europe Brazil and many other countries. The same agenda that we have seen here in Canada about the threat of this far-right agenda to Canada. Legitimate protest and what isn't. This occupation has been fundamentally different. It has targeted not only our institutions but our citizens as well. With racist, misogynist, homophobic and transphobic abuse driven by the view of what is a legitimate protest. This is not accidental. It is a part of the strategy. It's like Donald Trump, a billionaire, talking about being a friend of workers. This is an occupation led by white supremacists. We saw swastikas, Confederate flags, and other symbols of hate and the far right, engaging in racist, homophobic, transphobic, and misogynistic attacks on residents. He called out the symbols of the far right, which was the right thing to do, but waited far too long to call out the reality of the agenda itself. What we have seen is Trump-style far-right rhetoric, condoning, even supporting what is happening. Disturbing references reminiscent of Trump's good people on both sides rhetoric, something that has been seen as a symbol of white supremacy in Trump's far-right rhetoric, a party whose heir apparent to the leadership openly supports what is happening. What is really appalling is how the conservatives are ignoring what is happening just outside parliament. The racist, homophobic, transphobic, misogynist abuse we've all heard about. Conservative MPs that have fueled this occupation rooted in white supremacy, targeting citizens, the press, and pursuing the overthrow of our institutions. We cannot ignore this internationally funded, politically organized, far-right attack on our democracy. The agenda is racist, homophobic, and misogynist to begin with. It's not about the freedom to be racist, homophobic, and misogynist. 
particularly white privilege. The privilege to impose an all-right, foreign-funded attack on our... Ay, ay, ay. So, there's a lot to be said there in that comments that she threw out, and I've written down some points, but I want to actually throw to Michael Lee and get his opinion on what he just heard and how much of that he actually understood from all that <laughs> discussion. But, Michael Lee, what did you hear from Nikki Ashton there? Honestly, man, I ain't even meant to unpack all that. That was a lot. Where did she get all of that from? I have not heard most of that anywhere. And I mean, she kept going on and on about this, all, what was it, right-wing, extreme right-wing agenda? Did she ever far really... Right. Well, far-right agenda. Did she ever really explain what it was? No. And just, uh, I was waiting for her to actually explain it, and then she started throwing around misogynist and racist a bunch, which so I think confused. the uh, prime minister was calling people misogynists but um i don't really know what to say about any of that other than she found a moment to make a big speech that sounded impressive but was not grounded in any reality that i have seen yeah i uh myself saw that and thought to myself after like you said when she said far right so many times i said what the heck does she even mean by far right i don't i've been hearing this term so much in the media no one is clearly defining what that even is so i took the time to actually try to look up what what that is and it, it get it gets you down the political spectrum uh, of understanding what what right and left views are but so far there is no clear answer to whatever the heck she was getting at. So I'm going to slowly unpack some of what was said here. The first point I want to talk about is, you guys, international funding for this movement. Is it wrong for other people in other countries who support a cause to donate to it? Are you guys wrong to donate to... Uh, any any organization outside of our country? Are we talking about the trucker movement? I'm talking about specifically. <laughs> I thought we were. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, yeah, that was the first movement, right? Do you do you guys think it was wrong to donate to the the protest initially? Well, okay. So you, it's a fair question, and I have asked it myself. And the response that I usually get is something about the the convoy. And their leaders are actually terrorists, so anyone donating um, externally to it is funding terrorist terrorism in our country. And yes, I have been told that by multiple people. Well, that is an interesting concept, because I remember in the early days of uh, terrorism in the, the new millennium here, uh, you were actually able to donate to Hezbollah legally in canada for many years even though we know what that organization did in israel and in those middle eastern countries so the organization we learned about last year or last discussion adam what was that that financial institution fintrack 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 has all the tools necessary to determine whether or not something is terrorism or not and terrorism financing and even they were 
adverse to saying that this was actual terrorism. This was simply a registered political movement at the time. Yes, and uh, I mean, I've I've read in a couple different locations, um, credibility being what it is, but, you know, somewhere around, I believe, 55% of the funding for it was received was it came from within Canada. So and and a large portion of the rest came from the US. Yeah, it is yeah, there are some uh funny numbers depending on how you look at it, depending if it's actual monetary value or specific donations, but it is a large amount of money did come from outside of the country. But is that really a problem? Greenpeace has financed organizations here in Canada and they're an outside corporation and as well as other environmental groups have financed movements and protests in canada previously so why wasn't anybody calling that terrorism is is this really terrorism or anything like she was saying michael lee do you think that this was anywhere near justifying some sort of condemnation on their finances in terms of the violence that you've seen my opinion varies so differently from you guys in this whole thing um that's good i think she's right when she said that it should never have come to this point the blockade or what do you want to call it uh that's what i'm talking about right because i'm sorry there's so many different ones we can be talking about here you can pick anything she said and just elaborate your thoughts on it she literally like, they, they were literally given what how long of a warning us to you know get out of there peacefully all that kind of stuff and they stood their ground and said that they're not leaving until you know they get the change they, they're looking for the change they need and then it just became chaos that's and a then, that's a fair point you make i mean it's, it's a little exaggerated i think to the point where i i mean the point i'm making here is the funding initially i i get i get your point what you're saying if if protesters like any protesters that have been arrested if they want to stand their ground to the point where the uh, riot police show up and arrest them then i'm okay with that as long as they do it peacefully and if they don't do it peacefully then they might use some form of uh have a level of of aggression that's just a step higher than whatever the protesters are using i'm okay with that but what i'm saying right now is <clears throat> People funded the GoFundMe mm-hmm. and the Give, Send, Go uh, crowdfunding orga- organizations to support this movement because they believed in it in a form of protest. Should those people be worried right now or have been worried for their bank accounts to be frozen when the Emergencies Act took effect? Are you talking about the people who donated? Yeah. Why would I don't know why they would freeze their accounts for donating to it. I don't, I don't, that part I don't quite understand. Well, they would freeze their accounts because essentially it's assumed that by donating to it, you're, you're, you're supporting it and it's against what the government wants. So they freeze your account. That, that to me doesn't make any sense. Not at all. There are reports that about 260 accounts have been frozen from individual accounts to corporate accounts. Now, I don't know how much that's going to take effect with the, revocation of the uh um emergencies act but i just want to point to this issue in terms of what protesting really is because she made some she made a point here what is legitimate protest can we categorize this protest as being not being legitimate 
Well, you can when you throw in all this, uh, the rhetoric about it being hate and, um, you know, um, what did she say? Misogyny and... Homophobic, homo- transphobic. Yeah, I mean... All unsubstantiated claims. She just said that a whole bunch and then didn't really she back it said it four up. times. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess when you... Like, if all of that is going on or if you're able to convince all of that's going on, then... I guess it's not legitimate if if that's actually happening. Michael Lee, I want to ask you, though, because, I mean, I hope you disagree with us or at least are open in this conversation, but we've all seen protests across Canada. Is it wrong to protest these mandates? Why can't people protest? Isn't that, shouldn't that be a freedom in Canada to do? For sure. You should be able to, to stand up for what you believe in and protest peacefully. I 100% agree with that. And at any time... How often did you see this protest as not being peaceful? Um, to me, I saw it not being peaceful when they were doing the whole horn honking thing, just all hours of the night. I felt that that was just being, I don't know if I should say evasive or just, they were just literally trying to piss people off. I'm not too sure which way you're trying to go with it. Um, but it's like, we're here and we're not leaving. And it's like, we know you were coming. We understand that. But why sit there in the middle of downtown and you let your horns go off? Did you actually see videos of them honking all night long? There was videos of them honking, yes. No, all night long. I well, Unless you get a live stream. There's lots of live streams on no, YouTube. Uh, allegedly, we were told that that did happen. Uh, and I know. I've, I've heard both stories from uh, people that have gone to Ottawa and were live streaming. There were some people that said that they were honking all night long. And there was some people that said, no, they stopped by 10 o'clock, you know, and it didn't start up until after 8 o'clock because that was the noise hours. So didn't get, I don't. Didn't that get implemented afterwards, though? No, mm. no. These are people that said initially oh. that the Ottawa residents that were interviewed. So I don't know exactly what to believe. And regardless of that point, I do think that the, the noise. Uh, is a, is a is a quite a nuisance and an agitation. I wouldn't say that's not peaceful though. I mean, it's it's a s- extreme agitation, but so is a lot of forms. Okay. Well, why block the Ambassador Bridge? Why go and block a main uh, throughway for the most important, you know, products that we need, whether it be. You know, for 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 cars, for the grocery stores, whatever it is going through that through that through fair, what do you want to call it? Why block that? Yeah, that's a good question, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do have some information and in, on that. Uh, I compare this protest to the Wet'suwet'en land uh, issue that they had previously with the rail blockades. You know, at that point, I was uh, sympathetic to the so the uh, what's the word? I'm the sovereignty of the indigenous communities and the lack of full government uh, regul uh, not regulation, but the proper government authorities in those matters to determine how to get that pipeline built. So I understood that having the pipeline is good for a lot of Canadians and the economy and they were blockading initially one area and we saw something called solidarity protests at the time that was other indigenous communities blocking more 
uh, rail lines and other uh, roads and stuff. Like, it's not too indifferent from what we've seen here. This was stated to be a protest at Ottawa, the Freedom Convoy 2022. That's what this was. Those blockades, like you were saying, were actually stated by org the organizers as being separate events, not part of this uh, initial thing. They're, in a sense, solidarity protests that occurred outside of the main protest at Ottawa. And to that point, both times in 2020 when the blockades occurred and in 20 and, and now recently when the blockades occurred on the bridges, you know what happened? Canadians were pulled. And you know what part uh, what amount of the population said that blockading the railways were wrong? And what po part of the population said blockading the borders and bridges was wrong? Can you guess what were the numbers in each case? I can imagine they were quite similar. They were almost identical. 60% of people polled agreed that blockading anything was incorrect. And I, I agree with that notion. I do not think that that is legal protest, blockading someone's livelihood like that 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 is a different situation you know but not only were they blockading the transportation route they're blockading the entire downtown of ottawa like i'm sorry it, it, it's it's hard for me to feel sorry and to see your side of this whole thing when all you're doing is causing chaos in that city in that spot just to get your point across but they were blocked yeah you're right and and towards the end they were uh trying to get all the trucks just to in front of the parliament hill which i agree with more wholeheartedly because we've seen recently anti-mandate protests uh, occur outside of hospitals and stuff and i don't really think that that was appropriate either that was ridiculous yeah, yeah you know what the place to protest is in front of legislature buildings and in front of parliament hill because they're the ones making the decisions and that's the most appropriate place to to protest you know what else are you going to do to to get your point across just change your profile pic on facebook and say i'm protesting that's not effective but you know it, it gets to the point like you're right they could stop it and they did but what i'm asking is how how is this not legitimate and you're saying don't blockade anything and you're saying also don't take up space so any protest is not allowed to take up public space is that what you're trying to tell me michael e? no i'm saying that there's ways to handle this and i don't think it was handled correctly that's just my that's my opinion. That, that's my opinion and how would how would you propose this protest to be more legitimate you've seen picket lines you've seen people do that before right Picket lines is different. If it, picket lines is, tends still to be, a pro, it's still a, it is a protest, yes. but it's usually a protest against a specific organization, right? So they they picket line an actual border of a, of a company or something. So would it have have been perhaps better if they just kept their protest to the space in front of Parliament Hill instead of spreading out as they did through much of uh, downtown Ottawa? Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Would you agree with that, Michael Lee? Yeah, 100%. Like we're saying, vote protest outside of the political spheres of the legislatures in the Parliament Hill. Again, like I said, like I think I said before in the last video, or in the, sorry, in the video before we, that we recorded, where 
you're going to go downtown into Ottawa and cause chaos and hurt the business you're trying to save. What is the point? You're definitely not going to win people over to your cause that way. Um, and they definitely would have benefited if they had made more effort to get people to see their viewpoint. But uh, causing massive inconvenience to the general population, that's not going to help your cause. Like, the, and, yeah. sorry, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just going to comment on the, on the border blockades. Uh, that really, you know, that, that uh, exasperated food shortages, product shortages, you know, people trying to move stuff around in a pandemic when it's already difficult. Um, they didn't win themselves any any uh, sympathy there either. Uh, and then you hear about uh, the one in, in Alberta where you know, they had a bunch of ammunition and weapons. Like, um, all of that detracted heavily from the point that was trying to be made by the people in Ottawa. It didn't help. Uh, and it didn't get the, it didn't help the general uh, public to see the protesters view. Uh, I think it, it all worked very strongly against the protest. Like Josh, tell me, you, you've seen some of these protesters, you've seen how some of them act. You've seen videos online of how some of them have literally berated people in the middle of the streets. If you're a small business owner in that particular sector and you hear this is coming across Canada, what are your thoughts? What are you doing? Yeah, that's a good point. But listen to the words you used. You said some of them. And I would like to know exactly how many of the people were actually doing that berating of... I, I have seen videos of people, of a person who pushed a media uh, person on camera. And I have seen and heard some stories from the live streamers. That's definitely inappropriate. These people are highly charged and emotional, but we definitely always need to look at individuals and the proportions of peoples in protests and how they're acting. Because if you are to point to violent incidents in protests and, and straight out uh, anger that you see, we need to look back at the protests i'm comparing this to on those coastal gas link pipeline they were sabotaging trucks and pipelines violently they just did that again actually to another coastal gas link just this month so are we to delegitimize the claims of those indigenous communities and how they want to govern their properties just because some of those protesters there were being violent rioters and 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 vandals i i've seen a lot of people who um discount entire protests and causes at large the moment that they can latch onto one or two extremely negative events that were performed by a small group of people um, and, and then they just basically cast off the whole movement as, you know, they're, they're all being, um, they're, they're all being violent or, you know, they're all being Nazis or whatever, whatever is the thing to call people this week. Um, and I think that's a problem because in a lot of these movements, you know, the vast majority of the people are there, uh, actually to support their cause you know, whether they're informed or not is, is not what we're discussing. They're just, they have a belief They're there to form, to support that belief. And, uh, for the vast majority, they don't cause these other major issues, but 
these kinds of events and and gatherings have in the past and will in the continue continue in the future to attract uh, the few that want to perhaps go over and above what really is acceptable you know whether it be harass people or attack people at the, the gas link um coastal gas link uh whatever it is these people are always drawn to large-scale protests like this no matter what it is and it's it's and very even- often that we have we find our media focused on those events and they use it to paint the entire and, and even even if we don't find people that are drawn to it because yes people there are agitators drawn to protests like that agitators. it is a uh emotionally charged situation and and sometimes people overreact and we have to accept that humans will overreact in certain circumstances and you need to accept responsibility if you do do something like that but like you're saying adam you are correct we do need to not discount an entire movement based on specific agitators or emotionally charged individuals how many people are discounting the blm movement because of the violence that they had they have a good point there is a societal economic societal impact on a lot of black people and it should be addressed but unfortunately for the blm movement they were extremely violent and tons of people are not listening to that movement and that's that's simply wrong but i want to move on to uh the point that michael Lee may have been getting to he might be trying to answer a question that i have because we were hearing in the news that this was an occupation and i disagree with that on the terms that the way i define occupation in the sense that they try to be comparing it to is the military definition of it in which people occupy and control the entire area or country whatever it is but that's not exactly how i seen this protest in the sense that yes they were they were physically occupying land i understand that okay but what happened was they weren't in control of any governance they were just being a nuisance as sometimes protests are do you guys agree with calling these people occupiers like nikki ashton was using the term i would say um in the case of an occupation you would probably see the occupying group um controlling for example who comes and goes you know who can enter the area um, perhaps setting out rules of what you can do while you're in there. Uh, I definitely didn't hear of any of that going on. In so like situation. Chaz. Like Chaz, yeah. And so, Ch- Chop it was called at one point. Yeah, so Seattle. this just seemed like a bunch of people who were getting together and they were there and they were protesting and they milled about and they were in the way and they made a lot of noise, but I, they weren't really preventing people from entering and leaving the area as far as i know except for people that felt that they were unsafe there but that was well that's uh, different that's a that's a feeling that's not they're saying you know you better not come here or something bad will happen to you that's they just saw a large group of people that maybe they didn't agree with and they were a little worried about it and and frankly who would blame them well they were 
racists you know and they were transphobic and they were homophobic and they were misogynist do you guys actually buy into all those lines that she clearly used multiple times specifically to incite these emotions of people listening to her that buy into that do you guys is that what you saw at these at these events I would say that there probably were people among the masses that held uh, questionable viewpoints such as those, um, downright wrong viewpoints. Um, but do I think that was the point of the whole movement and an underlying motivation of the movement? No, I don't. What do you think, Michael Lee? I agree with you that... Um, that was not the overall, um, feeling I got from the protest, but there were some of them that were there that were, I think, looking for a platform and that was the platform that they used. Yeah. That's what I did say early on when I was talking about this. There, there was people trying to use this movement as a platform for whatever issues and agendas they had. Like I was talking previously about the indigenous woman and her views trying to bring about her little anarchy anarchy views and that could have been organized a lot better to make this a, a more legitimate protest as they like to say but i i don't think that using these terms with no solid evidence just because we've seen a swastika flag that that was a bad choice by the protesters to allow any of that even if it was supposed to be satirical indicating you know their view of trudeau fine but don't make yourself an easy target like that because again you detract from your point you make something easy for the media and the politicians to latch on to and paint the entire group with that you just got to be smarter than that i gotta say though from what i've seen it was a diverse group you know there was indigenous people there there was a lot of Sikh and uh, Punjabi people there. And obviously there's going to be a lot of white people there because Canada is like 70-something percent white. But to use these words and say that they were homophobic and transphobic, there was absolutely no evidence of that. There was actually people there with rainbow flags and other types of flags that I'm not so familiar with, but I, I know support those movements that they're saying or that the group was against I, I i just don't know how we can trust someone like nikki ashton to be saying this stuff and leading uh being a leader when she's so far removed from what was actually happening you know i want to ask though one thing that was brought up the most by nikki ashton there was the far right movement are you guys anywhere near understanding what politicians on the left are saying when they say the far right, far right agendas? Uh, she neglected to mention what she was actually talking about when it came to that. Michael, are you afraid of the far right movement? I'm not even sure what that means. You, are you afraid of anybody who even has slightly right opinions? You don't care? No. As long as the apart, the opinions are legitimately listened to and discussed anybody's entitled to an opinion that's 
Let me tell you my theory. People are saying far right because previous to this, what were people saying? Punch a Nazi and a fascist and all those kinds of things, right? That were uh, historically on the on the right. But it lost the uh, it lost the fear and the and the the power it had behind it when you just simply called everybody a Nazi for no good reason. So it's a lot easier to call somebody far right alluding to maybe that they're a nazi i think that is the intentions behind these people who say far right rather than accepting legitimate arguments from people who are simply on the right and discussing actual facts we just get people like our prime minister straight up calling people names and like this nikki ashton based on no real fact saying ridiculousness do you guys do you guys think that this movement of calling people far right is actually a form of extremism in and of itself uh i don't know if it's extremism uh it's definitely an easy way to discount a large group of people with opinions that are different than your own um and yeah you were talking about the prime minister there that reminds me of uh, when he was informing the uh, one of the conservative MPs who was, in fact, Jewish, that she stood with swastikas. He said that exact line to her. Yeah. Um, and then ran out of the House of Commons when she asked for an apology. Yes. That's extremely disappointing. And um, I think that just becomes too prevalent and too easy uh, when we have people just discounting alternate opinions as far right just because they might be slightly different than theirs what is far right please comment down below and tell me what far right is because right now it seems like an excuse and was it wrong for right-wing governments to uh show some support for this protest initially like she pointed out that some pro some provincial governments had done that. Is it wrong for governments to say their opinions? No. Yeah, no. They can have their opinions as well. I mean, they they might politically not be great for their political future, but if they've got an opinion, they are just as welcome to share it as the rest of us. She said something else that has been creeping into our politics, and I can understand why because we're so. She had an obsession with Donald Trump. And that is what I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for reading my mind. She was saying these Trump-style politics and, and politicians. What are Trump-style politics? If we're going to throw that term around a whole bunch. Good point. What well, is it? <laughs> good point there. And and what she's saying at that point in the in her statement is she leads to that good people on both sides rhetoric because we know about the history in the U.S. with some white supremacist movements, something that we really don't have almost anything here of Canada. I won't say it doesn't exist. It exists, but we historically it's fringe. <laughs> yeah, it is extremely fringe. We do not have that. And she was later, after making that Trump-style politics conversation point, she started to say that the convoy was the protests were rooted in white supremacy yeah you can't just make that claim without backing it up somehow that is exactly my point do you guys see anything in the history of what happened in that 
protest in Ottawa as being white supremacist. It's again, I go back to the the idiots with Nazi flags. They made this too easy. Yes. If they didn't bring those stupid even, fucking even, flags, even still, she wouldn't be able to make this connection. That's 100%. true. That's true. But even still, you are uh, criticizing an entire movement based off of one situation. Yeah, she's wrong, but they made it so easy for her to do this. That's true. But she's also wrong, then, we're saying. She's wrong, yeah. Because you do not judge a whole group of people based off of one incident and one person that shows up at a protest. No, you don't. And you have to know if you're going to have a pro- protest like this, you're going to have a few people that do stuff like that. It, it always happens. They latch onto it and use it for their own platform because they know there'll be cameras all over it. And look what's happening now. This was not about white supremacy at all, but we're sitting here having to talk about it, ju- thus legitimizing it, thus performing the opposite of what she wanted because she made something up and then yapped about it for 10 minutes. And so what was this protest really about? Can you guys even say? Vaccine mandates. Trucker mandates. Yes. That's what it was all about. Mandate truckers. It was about. Yeah. It was basically about all mandate uh, mandates. People were mandates. Mandates. Man- manatees. <laughs> they were about all mandates. Mandate manatees. And Canadians wanting the freedom to be able to choose. And she made that point initially in her statement, saying that uh, mandates uh, were at issue, and people agreed that that was what was being protests, but people across the country weren't doing it in a threatening manner. I just want to ask one last thing. Was this protest really all that threatening? Uh, I would say it was massively inconvenient. It was inconvenient on a massive scale. Threatening? I mean, a group of people that size is going to be intimidating to some people. That's just how it is. I don't, I don't think it was threatening. I don't think it was meant to be for threatening, but I think it turned out that way in some places. That's possible. Especially when the um, like the police force moved in the way they did, especially at the Ambassador Bridge, or even in Ottawa last week, when they started moving in on them and how, how it became. And the protesters wanted to blame the police for that when they were given, they were given letters, my dude, before saying that's true what they should be doing and they should be leaving and what did they do nothing ripped it up got rid of them whatever else and then want to come blame the police afterwards for invoking what they invoked yeah the protest did turn into a little bit of i don't know if i should say belligerency but it, it was definitely some form of stubbornness and at that point I think the protest should have stepped back and actually uh, legitimized themselves when the the policing was cracking down on them and moved their protest to another means because it gets to the point where you do make your point and this point has been made like you're saying loud and clear because we do see almost a third of the country agreeing with the protest and that's no small movement i think you might have seen more of the country agreeing with the protest if the protest in ottawa had 
firmly disassociated themselves from all those border blockades. Because I think a lot more people were pissed about the border blockades. And that's where any of the belligerents really seem to come from. And like, in my opinion as well, like, I'm sorry, did you, did you think saying, oh, I'm going to sit here until you change the, the mandates. Do you think they were really going to do that? I, I think you- actually what they wanted was for the government to engage in dialogue with them. And I don't think it's unreasonable well, for the people of a country to demand that their government speak with them. No, I, I agree with that. But there were some people who were on the news that were literally saying, we're not leaving until these, these matters are changed. Yeah. So they, that t- is, until they've gone away. That is that is quite... Uh, I'm sorry to say it like this, but I feel like you're a kid throwing a temper tantrum at that point. You might, your you mom might, wants to pick you up and you just go all limp. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those people definitely were being more extreme. They should have opened up dialogue, like Adam was saying. Yes. And that's the disgrace of our Prime Minister. He absolutely did not talk to these individuals when in fact as i'm I'm comparing this to the blockades that we've seen in 2020 what did occur on the rail lines that were blocked from toronto nine million dollars a day was being lost by those blockades and 1500 uh cn workers were laid off temporarily and as well as via rail workers and other people in uh shipyards and that so it's it's quite similar to this protest where people were starting to lose their jobs and like you're saying they should have as a protest um removed themselves from the other protests that were occurring at the borders and just been a protest at there but they also should have the canadian government should have sent people to the protesters in ottawa just to have a discussion yes they were being a little bit like you're saying like children saying that they're not going to uh move until they get their way but with that being said they should have talked to people at the protest yes Yes. they they definitely like so not only did the prime minister fail um to communicate with the protesters he failed the entire country because when everyone like everyone back at home not in ottawa wondering what the heck is going on here and what's going to happen next are looking to the leader of the country to tell them what's going to happen and how this is going to be dealt with he was nowhere to be found and then he pops up and throws some insults around and baseless accusations more divis- uh, divisive comments, and then he disappears again. This isn't leadership. He like you say that the the protesters were acting childish, and they were. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. But our leader was also acting like a child, and that's embarrassing on a world stage and a massive failure to every single one of us who are looking at to him to let us know how he's going to bring this issue to a conclusion. So much so to the extent that when he couldn't get any resolution, he completely overreacted, invoked and never used law that serious people around the world just criticized him for. And what happened? Was it necessary? It wasn't necessary in that Ambassador Bridge blockade that we talked about. Everything was resolved with the re- with the laws that we have, and the 
uh, emergency act what happened to it now today you guys it was revoked because as the prime minister said the laws we have right now are good enough to solve the issues that's what he said despite and the fact that several days ago when these MPs were debating this they were saying that we need this in case something happens again and the laws that we have on the books aren't good enough it's complete hypocrisy and child this uh child child what's the word i'm looking for child childishness and immaturity on on the part of a lot of those leaders of the protest on the part of the leader of the freaking country who should have known better and all of the stupid new de- new democrats that supported this that should have known better the, their former uh leader that started that party tommy douglas definitely would have not supported this because in 1970 when the war measures act was passed by pierre trudeau he was there and he firmly was against it that that party is is an irrelevant childish supporter of whatever leftist liberal ideas we get and now we have what no more emergency act because it's supposedly not needed it wasn't needed to begin with yes already had all the laws it was it wasn't needed and we've just become a mockery all around the world yeah this hasn't done our credibility any good yeah all we need are some real politicians that get together and actually have conversations rather than just saying their pieces in the house of commons and completely ignoring the questions from opposition members like we've shown here and you guys have commented they don't work they just ignore each other and are complete ideologues and those people they need to be voted out and we need to have honest politicians i know i know that doesn't exist it's an oxymoron but i'm saying next time we go out to vote actually talk to those people and ask them what their policies are what you stand for and how they would act because there are some people and i was surprised uh at how many good block members in the house of commons were actually asking legitimate discussion points in the debate they were being highly reasonable and so were a lot of those conservatives and i'm not trying to sit here and tout the conservative line that conservatives are (laughs) you wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that vote conservative (laughs) but i'm just saying unfortunately they are the ones that moved into the reasonable populist space to some extent and and the politicians we have on the left aren't even supporting leftist ideologies anymore they're just supporting the uh, the leader in an authoritarian regime and not really following clear democracy and diversity like most canadians want people want discussion people want clean drinking water for our indigenous communities and inflation to go down so i'm not getting any more of a decrease in my pay yeah people do want those things preach so maybe one of these days these clowns in charge will figure that out and do something about that but if they don't you make sure to punish them with your vote next time you get the chance yes and we'll be here on leak spec to criticize them i hope you enjoy this show like share subscribe